Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. Episode 46 of the Announcer Schedules Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gill. There's Phil DeMond Mollen. He is back. He is the face and the voice behind the Twitter handle at Announcer Sked. You guys have been following along. And of course, we bring you episode 46 where you can like, rate, review, subscribe, leave us a message, message, ask us questions, let us know what you think. We'll be talking more announcers today. We're in NBA playoff mode, NHL playoff mode. We got the NH, uh, the NFL draft, Major League Baseball. Uh, its first month is coming to a close. All that and more on episode 46 of the Announcer Schedules podcast. We welcome in the man who controls the handle at Announcer Sked's Phil DeMont Mollen. What's going on, Phil? Hey, Mike, good to be with you again. And yeah, another week that uh, we've got all sorts of action happening, as you mentioned. And I've been watching a lot of the NBA playoffs, which, which has been a lot of fun. And I know a lot of folks are going to be tuning into the NFL draft beginning this evening when this podcast drops. We're, we're taping on Wednesday, but uh, most folks, I, I would imagine, are, are catching it on Thursday. And yeah, uh, another big week on the announcer side of things. Yeah, don't forget, you can guess, get us on Last Word on Sports. Uh, George Offman, tell me a story I don't know. TJ Reeves has Last Word on Sports Media. He has a great conversation with Charles Davis of the NFL Network talking about the NFL draft and the coverage. We'll get some info on that. And uh, let's jump right in with the NBA and my man Kevin Harlan, Sixers-Nets. I've been locked in on that series, but I've been watching a lot of the NBA playoffs. Heat, Bucks, and some great first-round series. That Sacramento uh, Warriors series has been really good uh, The last night. How about the Hawks? Uh, Gus Johnson on the call against the Celtics. But, man, Kevin Harlan has really, I think, been the star of the show. Yeah, Kevin Harlan is continuing to show off his skills. You know, he he seems to have a knack for for getting these big games, but even when they're they're not necessarily, you know, super dramatic finishes or whatnot, just the way he brings the action, you know, the play-by-play on some of these rapid fire sequences and that kind of thing is just marvelous. Uh as you mentioned, you know, he was on the the Heat Bucks. So one thing I'm kind of noticing with the announcers in the in the scheduling side of things, there's a lot of uh, variants in terms of the different announcer pairings for the different series. It's not like they're locking in with one series. So you're you're getting a Harlan 
on multiple series throughout this first round and you're get different fan bases are getting to, to see a guy like Kevin Harlan. Same goes for the other announcers where, you know, it's a lot of, you know, mixing and matching kind of thing. And then of course, you know, you're talking about two different networks with TNT and then also ESPN and ABC. So it's kind of interesting that way, but certainly Kevin Harlan, once again, uh, getting it done. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, he's been, you know, sort of the star of this first round. Yeah. Let's take a listen to the versatility of Harlan. This is him in that first round Sixers uh, net series with Reggie Miller on just kind of a helter skelter play and how Harlan just brings you almost like a hockey puck bing bang boom tape to tape here with all the action take a listen there's plenty of time on the shot clock Finney Smith three. Oh, rebound O'Neal keeping it alive the fake by Dinwiddie went behind his back lost the ball playing twist around the floor vacuumed in by Melton taken back by Bridges on the side Johnson three no rebound Embiid what a sequence there Reggie Miller, what a sequence there. And you hear Kevin Harlan kind of, woo, kind of taking a gasp and a breath, but he hit every single note on the uh, helter-skelter play there, Sixers-Nets TNT. Yeah, I don't know how many players touch the ball in that, you know, short sequence there in a short amount of time, but Harlan bringing you all the action. Part of it is I think he has such skills as a radio announcer too, and we've talked about that in the past as far as his work with Westwood one on the NFL and that kind of thing that he, it comes naturally for him to describe the action in such detail. And, you know, there's, there's a balance to that as far as on television, how much detail you give and how much you let the the pictures tell the the story, but it's wild at in a sequence like that, where he's able to really give you every step of the way, how that uh, absolutely helter skelter sequence went. Now a quick one here from Kevin Harlan. You heard the helter skelter, but this is where he really puts an exclamation point. Tyrese Maxey with a big shot for the 76ers in their comeback win over the Nets. Vincent Dinwiddie in front of three for the lead. Bullseye! Another one! Maxey's been a flamethrower in the fourth quarter. That's just epic. A bullseye! Maxey's been a flamethrower in the fourth quarter. I mean, that one just gets you off the couch. Yeah, and that's one that you can imagine. We we had that great uh, in the booth shot from the NCAA tournament that you know Kevin actually you know in a, a later interview said he really didn't want that being out there necessarily. But you can kind of imagine just the you know the the physical part of it. You know the 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 method of Kevin Harlan with calls like that as far as him you know hey hold out let me do this call but also at the same time delivering that exclamation point what's amazing and i've had kevin harlan on my show and i've met him in person you would think with some of the vibrato he brings in there that you'd see a guy who's like six foot four he's a little guy who just comes bang i mean uh the flamethrower line is just great i mean uh to give some context maxi scores like the 10 points in a row to bring the Sixers back. They're losing that game. Uh, that's the night that Harlan, uh, James Harden, excuse me, got um, ejected from the game. Maxi takes over and essentially brings the Sixers back and scores like the last 10 points. And that three-pointer, the dagger there, is just spot on with that flamethrower line for 10 straight points. 
really well done. And then, as you mentioned, it was an opportunity for the Miami and Bucks fans to hear Kevin Harlan, and he gave you this call on Jimmy Butler. You've got a guard rotating over to him. He doesn't need to fill him. 46 points for Jimmy Butler. Sets up a free guard! <laughs> Why not? Why not, Jimmy Butler? And Butler on the night when he scored 56. Just a epic performance from him, but an epic performance on what we talk about, the announcers. And Harlan may have upstaged Butler with that call. Yeah, as an unapologetic Miami Heat fan and Miami Heat lifer, I've been with them since game number one, literally. What a moment there with, with Jimmy Butler in the crowd there down there in Miami. You know, the, the Heat fans get a lot of uh, – flack you know as far as being a poor fan base and leaving early and getting in their seats late and hanging out at the you know the cocktail bar more than they are at the actual game and but when that place gets rocking it is loud and I think folks could even tell through the the television how loud it was and that's also part of this scenario too you know to be able to keep your wits and be able to deliver the calls when the place is absolutely deafening in terms of the the crowd noise and Harlan gets it done again and what a moment with Jimmy Butler just a incredible comeback by the Heat in almost like a one man wrecking crew type deal in that that fourth quarter and Harlan again gets it done Harlan uh really really having a great playoff but we did get treated to Gus Johnson and the NBA last week we talked about Gus your favorite Gus Johnson role I think I went NCAA tournament for Gus but we got a chance to hear him uh on Tuesday night, we are recording on Wednesday this week. We generally record on Thursday. This week, we're going a day early, so we get that fresh Gus Johnson call as Ice Trey seals the deal for the Atlanta Hawks. Take a listen. Backtracks, 5-2, to two. Young lets it go. One nineteen, one seventeen. Gus Johnson, I would say, very good. I still like. It feels different in the NCAA tournament when that guy hits that. But that trait, young three, was very NCAA esque, where he hits that and the way. Oh, you also had Greg Anthony kind of jump on top of him a little bit. There would be my only uh, knock of that call. Yeah, yeah, fair point, and certainly fans are loving seeing Gus Johnson on these NBA games. I've seen some folks clamor like, hey, if he's on the NBA, let's get him on the NCAA tournament uh, once again and that kind of thing. That reminds me, Mike, I've been meaning to bring up a point uh, reflecting back to the NCAA tournament and you know, talking about the announcers and the announcer schedules. And I have an idea and I ran it past uh, one of my friends and he thought it was a little far-fetched because of budget concerns and and personalities and all that kind of thing. However, you know how in the first round of the NCAA tournament, there's uh, four games in one day that the announcer crews have to do the the four games in a row? Well, one thing I, I sort of noticed was I believe that there is some fatigue over the, the course of that that day. And that, you know, even though these guys are delivering throughout the, the game, 
you know, it's just a matter of just practicality that it's tough to prepare for, for four games in one day. It's tough to, to uh, have the same energy throughout four games in one day and that sort of thing. I've, I've worked multiple games in one day just from my role as a statistician. And, you know, I'm a little, you know, cloudy and, and my head spinning a little bit by the, the end of that, you know, late game and that sort of thing. So my proposition is this. Use two different announcer crews at each of those first round sites. And it would give more opportunities to guys like Gus Johnson. You could bring in some of these guys, you know, hopefully you could get the cooperation from their other, their other networks, which obviously, you know, seems to be the the case here. You know, Gus Johnson is a Fox guy and he's working, you know, on uh, TNT and NBA TV with WBD. And I think it would, high in the broadcast where, you know, the announcers and the production crews wouldn't have to worry about doing so many games and preparing and that kind of thing, but also would give up more opportunities and more of these announcers who are fan favorites, get them in there for a one-off thing, you know, um, you know, Dickie V, you know, on the analyst side, guys like that, that you could bring in just for a couple games, you know, in that first round, but you get a taste of them. And at the same time, it lessens the load on everybody and, and raises everyone's game at the same time because you're not cramming in as many games. Might be a far-fetched idea. <laughs> you know, there, there could be pushback, obviously, because people, you know, are kind of get greedy or whatever, and they, they want all the games to themselves. But I'm just throwing that out there. It was something that came to mind that I've been meaning to mention as far as NCAA tournament announcer assignments. Yeah, I will say this. You know, you mentioned doing how many games in a day? Four? Four, yeah. yep. I did three baseball games on Saturday. I did one Friday, three on Saturday, and two on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, it was a grind. <laughs> yeah, did, I mean, did you – Did you? just being honest, your energy wasn't the same on the last game as it was on the first game. It, it You know, correct? Uh, I mean, I know you probably did your absolute best, but just, you know, truthfully speaking, like there's a certain point where – you know, you're just not as fresh. Yeah, you're yeah. not as fresh. And and I'll say, you know, it's obviously they're at a different level where they're getting to talk to everybody. They're getting backgrounds. They're getting information. We don't have the same, you know, filler information. So you're, it's a much more tiring thing at at, at the high school level because you got to fill with stuff. You just don't have information on every single player. It's a lot easier. When there's a kid at the free throw line and I can be like, hey, this guy's from Jamestown, New York. He, you know, went to so-and-so high school. He scored 3,000 points. I don't have all that information. There's no media guide for a high school game. So when there's some downtime, you are filling and talking and trying to, you know, come up with some information. So by, yeah, that third game of the day, because not to mention, Phil, it's not like these coaches are running over to me with their lineup cards. I got to call the game, and then you're walking over and trying to find the guy. They don't want to give you the lineup. You know, they don't want to let the other team know who their pitcher is. It's a whole cat and mouse game. It's like, hey, man, I only have 30 minutes to put this all together and get the whole thing wrapped back around. Uh, so I would think that doing four basketball games in a day might be easier. But, yes, I agree that by the end of the fourth, the third or fourth game, they're probably – you know, all the information and all the stuff that the background and getting ready, they probably are a little bit more fatigued. But I think what would be, you know, if you like you, I think what you were explaining is to do like every maybe every other game would give you a chance to call a game, decompress and then get ready for the next one. 
Well, just whether it's every other game or, you know, one announcing crew does the the afternoon session, the other does the evening session. You know, you see it during the conference tournaments quite a bit in the NCAA basketball uh, realm. The preparation part of it is worth mentioning, too. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day and there's selection Sunday and then the games come up beginning on that Thursday or Friday, depending on, you know, where you're assigned. If you've got two games to prepare for, you've got so many hours to prepare for two games for four teams. Mm -hmm. If you've got four games, eight teams to prepare for, you only have so many hours. So something's got to give. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm just saying from the viewer perspective and for also from the announcer perspective, as far as being able to give their best effort and their most complete, you know, uh, storytelling uh, per, uh, performance, you know, as far as, you know, being able to give all the details and that kind of thing, I think it would help all um, sides and would al- open doors for more announcers to get the exposure and also bring in some of these fan favorite personalities who might not have a, have a chance, you know, who aren't going to, you know, get, there's only so many gigs right now, you know, as far as how many NCAA tournament slots there are. So it would widen those as well. By the way, far-fetched idea, I'm sure, as far as the <laughs> practicality of it. But I wanted to throw that out there, and you know, maybe there's some executive there that you know a light bulb's going on, and you know, we'll we'll see it happen one of these days. Yeah. By the way, Gus Johnson uh, tonight, Knicks, Cavs. If you're listening on Wednesday, he gets Game Five NBA TV. Uh, so the NBA, uh, the first round is kind of coming to a close here. Uh, well, on the network side, but you got some local announcers who have also kind of stood out. Uh, don't forget the. Uh, most of these uh, RSNs, they get the first round for the local team. So the local announcers on television, now the radio side, the local announcers go all the way through. But on the TV side, they get the first round, and then they're done. Yeah, indeed. And we talked about that a lot last week and how it's sort of a best-of-both-worlds scenario during this first round where these regional networks get to, to keep on going. You know, we see a lot of announcers doing double duty in terms of national games and also uh, the regional games. We see guys who are doing both hockey and the NBA, guys like Kenny Albert. And, yeah, you know, it, it's a it's a great opportunity for these local announcing teams. Also, the the local production crew is able to, to get more assignments and gigs and in cash flow and, and that kind of thing. And yeah, it's been fun kind of following the, the local announcers as well. And, you know, I, I can't blame any, any fan of any given team, if that's what they would prefer to watch because, you know, they, they're, you know, you get that intimate relationship with your, your local announcer who you've been watching all year. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll go over to the NHL here. Um, the, I don't know if you got to watch uh, any of that lightning Leafs game. That's Brendan Burke, Darren Pang on the call there for TBS. Uh, that game the other night, epic. 4-1, Tampa's in the lead. They lose 5-4 in overtime at the same time as Jimmy Butler is bringing the heat back in there. So that was some uh, switching back and forth on the TV there. But what a call and what an ending uh, on that Leafs comeback, down 4-1 to come back and win 5-4 in overtime. And then Steve Levy, Ray Ferraro, Emily Kaplan, Rangers, Devils, that's been a great series. Uh, the Devils down 2-0. They go to Madison Square Garden. They win two games there and tie the thing back up. Uh, Mike Monaco, who has been a guest of the show on the podcast, go back to our feed and listen to that. Uh, him, uh, Cassie Campbell-Pascal, and Linda Cohn 
Jets, Knights. These Western Conference games have been crazy. That Western Conference is wide open, and uh, all of these hockey playoffs, man. But that Leafs lightning call the other night, epic. Yeah, you mentioned the Leafs lightning on the national call. Brendan Burke getting it done there, and you know, just uh, you know, tremendous stuff. You're right, just absolutely dramatic. A five-four yeah. final in in overtime, and you know, all of. Toronto just absolutely going nuts. And, you know, I also was sent to me the uh, Sportsnet call, you know, the Canadian, uh, you know, national broadcast. And that was sensational as well. Uh, Chris Cuthbert on the play-by-play, Alex uh, Kerfoot, uh, of course, you know, with the the game winner and and uh, Chris with the call there. So I wanted to give those folks a shout out as well. But, yeah, the, the NHL uh, Stanley Cup pay- playoffs, once again, you know, delivering all sorts of excitement. Let me uh, get the TBS call here because it's definitely worth taking a listen to how this epic comeback finished up. Gains the zone to Kerfoot on the backhand. Twisted out high, Giordano. Giordano across. Return it, Nylander to Giordano with a shot. Tim scores! Toronto pulls off a stunner in Tampa. Uh, to Toronto pulls off the stunner in Tampa, and that call there, it's kind of like the end of an era almost. If Tampa Bay loses this series based on that game, you know, Tampa has been on this run. They've won some Stanley Cups. T.J. Reeves is probably, you know, going crazy right now. Uh, but that could be, you know, the switching of things. This young Toronto team, they haven't won a cup since, what, 66 And that goal there could be the one that really changes that series around. Good, Good call there. Uh, TBS, Brandon Burke, Darren Pang uh, on the call for the NHL. Their, their playoffs, I mean, if you love the announcers and what they do, you get great calls in those games uh, at the end of games. Let's go to MLB, and uh, we've got uh, – I love this Orioles team, a young Orioles team. And how about a unbelievable moment to start a, uh, a broadcasting career there? Yeah, Jeff Arnold, if folks aren't familiar with that name, you know, he's uh, the radio voice of the Orioles as far as the play-by-play announcer, but he was promoted this last year as kind of the the number two television play-by-play announcer for Orioles TV as well, and uh, Kevin Brown you know, is, is their, their top guy. And Jeff Arnold got this assignment, you know, he, he finally got the the call to be, you know, to, to have his first television game and it ends up in a, in a walk-off, which is pretty wild. He was working alongside uh, the hall of famer, Jim Palmer. Let's take a listen. Chopper to the right side, Torkelson coming home. Throw is offline and the Orioles win it on a walk-off. The throw was wide. Mountcastle slides in safely. Cool stuff there. You get, uh, you know, uh, not the most exciting play in the world, but a play at the place. And uh, there you go. Uh, Jeff Arnold, Orioles TV, a walk-off in his debut, gets the call-up there. All right, uh, we got another call-up to the majors. Yeah, so great story here as far as a – minor league announcer being called up to the major leagues, Jeff Dooley, who for, for decades has been calling minor league games in the state of Connecticut for teams like the new Britain rock cats and the Hartford yard goats. 
Uh, and they're the double A affiliate of the Colorado Rockies and the Colorado Rockies headed your way to, to Philadelphia recently to, to play a series. And they called up Jeff Dooley, the, the radio announcer uh, for the minors into uh, a situation where he was able to call Rockies radio in the, in the, in the Rockies Phillies game for a couple of nights. And just really cool to see that sort of hard work and perseverance pay off. And it had to be a thrill of a, a lifetime and of his career and maybe it'll it'll uh, lead to more things by the way i i learned this along the way as i was just kind of following the coverage of, of jeff dooley he's the brother-in-law of don orsillo how about the padres that? announcer and so orsillo was given him red love Sox. throughout yeah and former red Sox announcer and in 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 orsillo was giving him love throughout and in pictures of the two of them hanging out and that kind of thing so just kind of cool how you know the these um you know networks all all work out as far as the six degrees of separation and all that kind of thing but in this case orsillo and Dooley, you know are are tight and uh yeah just a cool story overall we we've seen this a couple times and you know, in recent years, in in different scenarios, I remember the Oakland Athletics had a situation like this uh, last year as well. But congratulations, to Jeff Dooley, well earned, and uh, I hope you had you know just some great shows there in Philly on Rockies Radio. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, I, I and look, obviously, you got full-time guys who travel with the team and probably love doing it. But, you know, back when I was in college, we had a road play-by-play announcing team and a, and a home team. Uh, that would be kind of a, a unique opportunity. Or you could almost do a situation where you have a East Coast-based play-by-play announced team and a West Coast-based play-by-play announced team. You know, when the team's at home on the East Coast, you have that announced team. Or when the team goes out West, you have a team that's stationed out there that calls those games uh, over there, that would be another opportunity uh, for people to get. I wouldn't want people to lose their full time job, obviously, if they're open. Some people just don't like to travel. Well, and that sort of thing, what you're describing, Mike, has happened organically in in some situations. You know, mainly due to to guys, you know, getting to a, an older age where they're mm-hmm. slowing down a little bit and they don't want to, you know, put as many miles in and, and travel and that kind of thing. I mean, I remember the the Dodgers had a setup sort of like that with with Vin Scully and at the, towards towards the end of his career, I believe, and then. We've seen other scenarios, you know, like John Sterling up up with the Yankees as far as, you know, backing off a bit and, and getting other guys. So, you know, we've seen stuff like that occasionally, and it, it does make a lot of sense in, in some ways. And kind of what we were talking about with the, the NCAA tournament idea of mine, like, you know, it, it can keep 
guys fresh too, in a sense. Well, you know, I, the Phillies had like three different radio analysts. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know who they have anymore. They've changed so many different times. But you want? I don't know how they were scheduling them. They also have three different television analysts as well. And I wonder if it's based on travel, schedule, availability, that kind of stuff. Where, hey, we have an East Coast swing for the next two months. You're the analyst. Hey, when we go out to Central, so-and-so lives out that way now. He'll be the guy who jumps on. You know, maybe you're going to start to see more teams, you know, kind of utilize the different parts of the country and have a different analyst kind of set up in those areas. Perhaps, and at the same time, you know, I would think in most cases there's a bit of a depth chart. You know, hey, this is our number one yeah, guy. Yeah. This is our number two guy. That's and, the and interesting so part. Like the Phillies, you know, that's where I live. Obviously, Tom McCarthy is the television voice. Scott Fransky is the radio voice. On TV, I don't know what the rhyme or reason is. John Cruck does games. Ruben Amaro Jr. does games. Ben Davis does games. And there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason as to why or the frequency, you know, Cruck did the first couple series. Amaro was on the road, uh, their series a couple weeks ago or, or last week or so. They do have Mike Schmidt that comes in on the weekend. He does Sunday games as the third man in the booth. But I don't know what the rhyme or reason is on how they schedule this in terms of what you're saying. Who's the number one? I think Cruck is looked at as the number one analyst, but I don't know if he just doesn't travel I know he had some health issues maybe he doesn't travel to farther I, I I don't know what it is but I'm wondering if other teams have similar setups yeah I I think you do see the depth but I think also in most situations there there's a clear number one you know if if there was a big game you know say a game that was going to determine you know clinching the playoffs or that kind of thing and you know you had a, a one-off and you had everybody available who would be that that team in the booth for that that big game? And I I think you know from me just you know watching afar it it is indeed Cruck with with T Mac on the Phillies right. Again, he does most, and he's the most well received. I would say uh, Ruben Amaro did a series or two on the road uh, last week or two weeks ago, but you know, and I don't see enough regional coverage to see what some of the other. Uh, teams do. But uh, how about uh, Peacock? You mentioned uh, last week the Phillies played their Peacock game, and they used Ruben Amaro Jr. as the Phillies voice on that one. They played against the Rockies there. This Sunday on Peacock, you're going to get Cubs and Marlins. Yeah, so first of all, the play-by-play situation at Peacock, you know, Brendan Burke was announced as the primary Peacock play-by-play announcer. Jason Benetti did it last year. Burke, as we mentioned, has been busy with the NHL playoffs. And once all those commitments are done, he'll shift over and, and start doing these Sunday matinees on Peacock as well. But uh, Matt Vasgersian handled the play-by-play duties last week for Peacock. This week, it's going to be Chris Vosters. And Ryan Sweeney will be the analyst from the Cubs side. They're continuing to use this one analyst from, from each team, which is kind of a cool idea. And then the Marlins analyst is a guy near and dear to my heart, Tommy Hutton, you know, veteran announcer, uh, just a sensational voice and has been around you know, a ton of years, a, a ton of experience, has worked at the network level at times as well. And, you know, great to see uh, Tommy back in the mix. Uh, it was kind of a, uh, a very unpopular decision a few years back when Marlins management 
um, you know, made a change with their their TV announcers and they got rid of the pairing of Rich Waltz and Tommy Hutton. And they've sort of backpedaled since then and they've brought in Tommy back into the, the fold. And as one of the anal- analysts, like you say, you know, there, there, there's several of them down there in, in Miami, but he does a bunch of games now and he'll get this opportunity uh, on Peacock. But he's just a great personality, very, um, you know, friendly uh, just kind of that that warm feel to him, but brings a lot of humor as well. Uh, another example of a former catcher who who knows that side of the game and, and that kind of thing. So just awesome to see Tommy getting this opportunity, and hopefully fans can check that out Sunday on Peacock Cubs Marlins. All right, uh, and then uh, Sunday Night Baseball is back. Cone Perez, Buster Olney, Boog Shiambi, Doug Glanville do the radio call. Uh, this week, Sunday Night Baseball, it's a World Series rematch, uh, Astros, and the Phillies, so you get that on Sunday night baseball. The uh, Saturday afternoon baseball game, by the way, is Mets. Uh, no, it is. Uh, I don't think they have a Saturday game. No, that was last week. The Mets played. Yeah, so. I, haven't, I haven't looked that far ahead. <laughs> but hey, in all in all the glory I was giving Tommy Hunt, do want to mention he actually didn't play catcher. He was you know first baseman and in outfielder, but had a pretty good career, you know, including you know times with your your Phillies down there. All right, let's get to uh, what has become a huge spectacle, and that is the NFL draft. What do we know about uh, what the draft coverage is going to be uh, looking like? What are these networks rolling out? Well, they're rolling out a lot, and I mentioned on an earlier podcast, I don't really watch the draft anymore. I, I It's been decades probably since I've sat down in front of a TV and watched the, the NFL draft. But that being said, you can't deny it's it's popularity and the resources uh, that are given to the NFL draft in terms of the, the coverage uh, ESPN and ABC. And they're doing, you know, the, this simulcast where there's um, a network crew on ESPN and then also on ABC as well, two different broadcasts, so kind of a different feel for each. The traditional draft uh, over on ESPN, uh, Lewis Riddick, Mike Greenberg, Mel Kuyper Jr., Booger McFarlane, Susie Colbert, Chris Mortensen, and Adam Schefter. And then over on ABC, you've got a college you know feel to it and there'll be more storytelling and that kind of thing as far as these players journeys and you know all familiar names here reese davis desmond howard kirk herbstreet todd mcshay david pollock uh pete tamil the the reporter uh now on uh college football for espn sam ponder robert griffin the third and laura rutledge uh, also uh, there'll be reporters on site including our guy sal Powell and, and ed werder and, and kim martin jeff darlington and uh yeah espn radio with some coverage as well correct mike yeah espn radio has full coverage of all three days starting on thursday night that's at seven o'clock they start their coverage that's going to be chris carlin chris canny mike tannenbaum and Fitzsimmons. that mm-hmm. is thursday then on Friday they actually start their coverage at six. They start, uh, they do an hour pre-coverage, and then they do the draft. And then on Saturday they start back up at noon. It's going to be Ann Fitzsimmons, Mike Tannenbaum, and Jordan Reed, who's kind of a new voice at ESPN in terms of um, the draft. He is kind of like a, I would say, the third of their draft gurus. If you've got Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Jordan Reed would be kind of the next guy in line in terms of mock drafts and college scouting. I think he was a college quarterback, Jordan was. And he was one of these guys who was kind of an independent guy 
and got picked up by ESPN, and now he's a part of their ESPN radio coverage. So uh, good stuff there. Jordan Reed, Mike Tannenbaum, the former GM of the Jets, and Ann Fitzsimmons, uh, Chris Carlin, Chris Canny on Thursday and Friday. So that is ESPN radio. And I do believe that Westwood One also has a draft uh, feed if you are not an ESPN affiliate. You can pick up the ESPN, uh, excuse me, the Westwood One uh, feed as well. Now, I do not have the information in front of me on who is a part of that, but if you are a radio affiliate and you're listening to this, if you're a PD at a radio station and you don't have ESPN and you're thinking, hey, we want to carry the draft, I guess you could reach out to Westwood One and get their coverage as well. Very cool. So, yeah, all sorts of resources being uh, focused on the draft. And, you know, as we talked about last week a little bit, it'll be interesting from a ratings perspective uh, how the draft impacts the NBA and the NHL playoffs happening at the same time with these primetime shows both Thursday and Friday night. I have asked many times because the Sixers, if they went to game six against the Nets, it was supposed to be Thursday night. This happened last year. The Sixers played the Raptors on a Thursday night against the draft. And I said, why would the NBA schedule any playoff games, especially of that type of importance, up against the NFL draft? I'm just getting off draft night, Thursday night, all together. You know, I know NBA night is Thursday, but why would I put a playoff game up? And it's to the point of ridiculousness sometimes on the amount of days that they're off. You know, the Sixers game was supposedly was going to be on – Uh, Let's see. They were going to play on Monday, and then they were going to be off on Tuesday and Wednesday and play on Thursday against the draft. You're traveling from Philly to Brooklyn. You don't need two days off in between to travel. Get off the night of the draft and play on Wednesday, for God's sakes, or at least play on night two of the draft. I get it. Thursday night's your night. Friday's not a great TV night. Nothing's a great night if you're going up against the NFL. Just a couple thoughts on that. Well, there there will indeed be a game six in the Celtics-Hawks series. Yeah. And so that's 8.30 p.m. on TNT on Thursday, right up against, you know, the you know the the first round and you know some of those those early picks so we'll see how the the ratings shake out there and then there's three NHL Stanley Cup playoff games on Thursday night there's a game on TBS uh East first round game five that's that that exciting Tampa Bay Toronto series you were talking about and then uh on Thursday night over on ESPN two so ESPN even going up kind of against them themselves and in a lot of ways here uh you've got um, the Rangers and the Devils at 7.30, and then you've got Winnipeg at Vegas at 10 p.m. on ESPN2. So, you know, shoehorning a lot of action in here and, you know, with these these playoffs. And as they get closer to, you know, potential game sevens and that kind of thing, certainly, you know, the, the uh, viewership will, will ramp up there. But at the same time, you've got the, the NFL crowd, um, they're going to be solid as well. Yeah, big time. We know football wins everything. If I'm the NHL, if I'm the NFL, I'm saying don't put me up against the draft, please. All right. Uh, all right. Let's get into wrapping up here. Sports Emmys. We can kind of give our thoughts on this, uh, if you will. We got uh, a bunch of nominations here in a bunch of different categories. Yeah, these this came out in, in recent weeks, and it's always kind of interesting to look at the, the nominations and kind of reflect a little bit on, on the past year and, you know, uh, 
the first one, you know, as far as, you know, on air folks, by the way, they give out all sorts of sports Emmys to, to all the behind the scenes stuff and all the technical sides as well. And so congratulations to, to all those folks. But the first one is studio host. And, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion here, Mike, James Brown, Reese Davis, Rich Eisen, Mike Tarico, and Scott Van Pelt. So Obviously, you know, some solid credentials yeah. there, some big resumes and, and so forth. But, you know, is there one that you sort of lean towards as far as having, you know, the, the best year necessarily? If I'm giving out my vote here, I'm a big Scott Van Pelt fan. I think he does a great job. And some don't look at him as a studio host, but what he does is almost like post game a lot on all the big ESPN games. You know, Monday Night Football is over. He's out there talking to you know, Buck and Aikman, when there's a big game NBA, he's the guy kind of directing the traffic there. Uh, a little surprise, you know, I don't see uh, Ernie Johnson on that list there as a studio host, you know. I mean, I figure he would have been a slam dunk home run uh, as a studio host, um, if you're telling me as in that. But uh, I'll in that group there, I, I'll go. my vote will go with Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, good good pick there. And if you if you remember, he was on the air for that that dramatic night in terms of yeah. the the Mark coverage Hamlin. of the the big injury and so forth. And you know he handled that with such grace. So I'll I'll go that direction too. All right, uh, and then uh, we've got kind of our wheelhouse right here, the play by players. Who we got? Yeah, so Kenny Albert, who does a just about everything you know whether it's NFL or or uh, NBA or the NHL. Mike Breen. Joe Buck, Ian Eagle, Chris Fowler, Al Michaels, and Mike Tirico, play-by-play announcers. Yeah, um, man, this again, Kevin Harlan would be a guy high on my list here. Uh, he's just so versatile. He does so many things, football, uh, NCAA, the NBA. I know a lot of these guys are versatile and do a lot. Um, yeah, man, I, I would say Joe Buck last year only did Monday Night Football uh, he got out of the baseball world. I'm looking for a little bit more versatility there. So I'm going to go with Ian Eagle with my vote on that one. Yeah, I, I think I'm leaning to Ian Eagle as well. You know, he'll get the the big promotion next year as far as calling the Final Four. But with this list, it's it's who's not on the list that, that gets my attention as yeah, well. You I'll, mentioned Kevin Harlan, but also no Jim Nance in, in you know, his true. his year and all, all his big farewells and also. A lot of these guys, I mean, Tariko, I know he does some golf, but, you know, he's generally Sunday Night Football. Al Michaels only does really football at this stage. Chris Fowler does some tennis and uh, obviously does the college football. Joe Buck was just football this year. Mike Breen just on basketball. Kenny Albert, pretty versatile. He does hockey, uh, football, and, and, and the NBA. But uh, uh, Ian Eagle will be my slot there. I like, um, you know, I like the versatility that Ian Eagle brings. But you're right. Who's not on the list? Kevin Harlan. I think Kevin Harlan, to me, um, would probably be my top guy to call a game. Well, and for that matter, no, no Gus Johnson on the on the list as well. Although his load wasn't as quite as Gus big this year because he didn't back. do the NFL. Yeah, Gus yeah, took a little he, step back. Yeah, because he, uh, you know, went to Harvard this past year, so he wasn't doing those NFL games. So, so his inventory wasn't quite as large. But uh, interesting to look at those play by play announcers. Uh, let's go over to the studio analysts. Uh, these are the uh, you know pre and post game guys who are uh, in the studio after, before, and after games. Yeah, Charles Barkley, Jay Billis, Nate Burleson, Ryan Clark, who uh, is an emerging name, Shaq, 
Kenny Smith and <laughs> Tom Verducci. You got you know, three guys a, on a couple that. of those guys. You got three guys on the same show. Yeah, three guys on the same show, Smith, Barkley, and Shaq. And then also, you know, when I see Verducci and Billis, you know, I, I think of them just as much as a, you know, in-game analyst as, as much as anything as a, a studio guy, you know, as, as, in fact, even more so. I I, I, I consider those guys more in-game analysts uh, in this current day and age. Um, as far as picking one of the, this crew, it's kind of kind of a tough one, but... I feel like I'm going to go with Shaq because I feel like he's sort of becoming in a backdoor way, the star of, of inside the NBA in a lot of ways. And I think he had, had a, had a big year. So I'll go with Shaq. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, Barkley's tough to beat. He, he's still entertaining. He still has something to say. He did the college basketball, uh, which some people don't like him on. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I, Barkley, for me, probably gets it on this list. I'm trying to think if somebody is not on it because some of these are a little blurry. You know, the next category is sports event analyst, and I guess this is more for, like, the Super Bowl or um, the NCAA championship game, uh, stuff like that. So, Barkley, I would go still with the studio stuff. I'm trying to think, does somebody on uh, baseball, because you got Big Poppy, who's kind of been emerging for Fox over there, um, but I'll probably still go Barkley over Big Poppy. A Big Poppy to me, he he he's become kind of the ham of that group. He shows up with the different jerseys on wherever he is, and he's the placator to the crowd. You know what I mean? Well, and and if there's one name you're sort of surprised not to see on here, perhaps it's Herb Street. You know, obviously from from college football game day. Even though, again, you could argue event analyst yeah. uh, versus studio analyst I'll there, but there's nobody from like college now football. Now that you bring up Herb Street, I did like Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick on the Amazon pregame, pre and post this year. I thought he added a nice element. Ah, there's a there's a dark horse for you. Yeah, I, I, now that you brought up um, Herb Street, he was a part of that broadcast team. Uh, but And I wasn't a huge fan. I don't think Herb Street did a bad job. He just NFL – for same thing, we talked about sometimes college guys feel college. He didn't. He doesn't feel. He just. I. I don't think his depth or his uh, expertise was as much doing NFL games. But I like Fitzpatrick doing, um, doing the the pre and post game on on Amazon Prime. Yeah, very cool. Well, certainly a lot of uh, candidates for all these um, awards. You want to go through the, the last couple here as yeah, well? Yeah, we got a sports event. I'm imagining this has to do with World Series, um, you know, college championship, and uh, you know the, the, the signature jewel events, if you will. Yeah, it, although it's it's an interesting selection from the college football side of things because Gary Danielson is the name that that makes the list. So you know from from CBS, but Chris Collinsworth. Uh, on the the list, Peyton Manning, just from the the Manning cast alone, I guess. Hmm. Uh, Bill Raftery and John Smoltz. So yeah, Smoltz interesting five five some there. You know, Collinsworth, Danielson, Manning, Raftery, and Smoltz. I'm not sure if we've ever had those five in the same room at the same time. No, and I don't know that there's a standout. You know, Rafferty, I love on the NCAA tournament. Smoltz did the World Series, so I was really you know, zoned in on that because the Phillies were in the World Series. And I think Smoltz does a great job. Uh, I'm just not really sure, you know, where Peyton Manning fits in. You're saying just because of the Manning cast, you know, was they doing a Super Bowl Manning cast? No. You know, so it's it's not necessarily the, the signature events. It's just basically analysts, you know, in the booth throughout the season. But again, like, I don't know – 
why Peyton Manning's there yes. necessarily, Seems you know, odd. just from the Manning cast. But, you know, so he took away a slot from somebody. Probably All right, there. let's go over to reporter here. I, I mean, I think there's one that stands out above the rest on this one. This was, might be an easy one for me. Molly McGrath, Tom Rinaldi, Holly Rowe, Lisa Salters, and Melissa Stark. Yeah, I think Lisa Salters for her work just that night with DeMar Hamlin. I mean, that, that, that is a slam dunk home run for me. She was real. She was raw. She was excellent. She was a person that you're saying I can relate to. Uh, Lisa Salters, to me, wins that Emmy, and it's going away. And by the way, I'm saying that as Tom Rinaldi, I think, is the most professional of professional people ever in terms of sideline reporting. He's probably my favorite guy doing sidelines, but she has to get this award. Yeah, you're right. That that night with Hamlin, just like we talked about with with Scott Van Pelt, was just such an incredible work by by ESPN and uh, Lisa Salters on the ground there. Uh, Rinaldi, you know, in terms of what he did during the World Cup, if you remember that, we told that story. Him going back and forth, you know, cramming in NFL and college football assignments, then heading back to Qatar. That just from a travel perspective, uh, he he probably wins that sort of. Uh, medal and Holly Rowe in terms of just pure um, uh, volume also you know she, she's got a role with the, the Utah Jazz broadcast she does so many sports I mean talking about a road warrior uh, who is the consummate professional as well this is a really really strong group but just like you uh, you know I think Lisa Salter stands out this year because of that work with him and I think the sideline reporter gets a bad rap a lot there's so many times where people say oh I don't need them or they're not you know we're I think if you're really good at it, you do add to the broadcast. And you saw Lisa Salters. Can you imagine if ESPN did not have a sideline reporter the night of that happening? Or some of the sideline reporters who get that information on the sideline when a big injury happens. You know, yeah, I don't need the the interview between the third quarter and the fourth quarter on the NBA game on TNT on Thursday night. I don't need that. But these other things, I think that they – I think the networks can do a better job of incorporating those people because those people are talented enough to do more. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a it's a valuable role and when it's done well and when they're used throughout the broadcast, because sometimes it seems like the, the producers don't go it to them all that often. It does really add a compelling element and an important part of any given broadcast. I also want to mention Lisa Salters did a great job with the NBA finals uh trophy presentation with the golden state warriors last summer like it was awesome to see her uh ham it up with these different personalities but also with such grace and you know um you know style on the stage that is a tough assignment where suddenly you're asked to <laughs> do a trophy presentation and reel these guys in and pull off the interviews at the same time it's being shown to to millions you know the entire crowd there on site is there watching it as well and it's being you know blasted through the pa also but she did a great job with that but you know Looks like we're in agreement. Lisa Salters uh, had had an outstanding year. Yeah, and then finally we've got uh, emerging on air talent, and I have a I have a clear victor in this one. Andrea Carter, Robert Griffin the third, Eli Manning, Greg Olson, and JJ Redick. Strong group. Yeah, um, I like all these. I, I think Eli's coming out of his shell. He's become kind of a, a, a personality. Uh, I think Olsen had a great year and is only getting better, and I'm very interested to see what ends up happening if Tom Brady uh, ever ends up um, 
you know, I think Phil Simms says he never sees Brady doing it. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But J.J. Redick, to me, is a breath of fresh air. He's real. He tells you like it is. He will, you know, push back on these studio shows where he's put into these situations, you know, where you get ridiculous, and he'll say, no, you're being ridiculous. And that, you know, but I think on the games, he's been excellent, too. So J.J. Redick, for me, is the emerging star. I'll go with Greg Olson just because that was such a heavy lift that he had to do this year, moving into that number one role, calling a Super Bowl, you know, and with, you know, this whole Tom Brady thing, you know, continuing to, you know, hover over him. I, he just became a big, big star in terms of, you know, sports broadcasting and all the things that, that we talk about. Also, Andrea Carter's worth mentioning. She is really starting to come on more and more, uh, more roles for her. She's an interesting uh hybrid where she does studio reporting and then also game analyst work so she's she's very versatile and I an up-and-comer i do want to add i think malika andrews as a studio host i don't know what she was a studio host or what she and would, reporter she and does I was both. Say, she also is good on the sidelines but she does a very good job on that nba live show as you know she's got different personalities in there every day and i gotta be honest like you know, one day you've got Stephen A. Smith you're working with and Kendrick Perkins. The next day it is uh, Richard Jefferson and Vince Carter. And then the next day it's Jay. It's not easy to keep changing that, uh, the, you know, those, those different analysts and having a rapport with them and getting that. And sometimes they're not on site. They're on satellite. I think she really does a good job of, you know, moving and shaking. And she also does a good job on the sidelines. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Malika Andrews could we could have seen her on this list as well. Robert Griffin the third had had a great kind of uh, bust out season. Yeah. Also, you know he he has a style of his own. He he's you know he's not shy about just being himself. You know which is really cool. He worked a lot of games with Mark Jones on the college football side. He does you know NFL you know studio type stuff as well. Eli Manning on this list also. It seems like the selection committee really loves the the Manning cast. And what what do you – I don't know how it. much uh, ESPN – their studio show always seems to take a big step back, obviously, from inside the NBA. And there's a lot of talk about what happens with the NBA. Is Warner Brothers Discovery going to get back in the NBA game? If they don't, what happens to that show? But ESPN put a new show out this year with Greenberg, Stephen A. Smith, Mike um, – Michael Wilbon and Jalen Rose. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I think this is the second year for that show. Seems like the best they've had in quite some long time. Yeah. I, in my in my opinion, it, it, you know, it, it, when I I don't watch many studio shows as it is, but I feel like I'm not switching the dial that much quicker. You know, with these guys on there, you know, they they bring a lot of credibility. That group. Yeah, that and oh, by the way, I thought the another guy who should have got an emerging mention, Jay. Right on the NCAA could have been on that list. Absolutely, great call, Mike. You know he would be a contender even to to win this award. Yeah, because Wright. I mean, not only was he doing some analyst work during the season, he also was a part of the pre and post for the NCAA tournament. I don't know did the NCAA tournament get included in these awards because it just yeah, ended it, it. it's it's um all of the above. A any no no no, I'm talking about in, in terms of the time. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I believe it did. And, you know, you see Raftery here and so forth. These um... Raftery could have been for last year's NCAA tournament. Ah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. You know, I don't know if yeah. the March ending 
was included in this list of Emmys? Because maybe he didn't make the list this year because he wasn't on the broadcast last year, uh, Jay Wright. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, my understanding, and you're probably right, is that indeed it's last year, 2022. So that would kind of explain it, you know, a little further as far as, you know, some of these names are, we're seeing on here and guys like Jay Wright who we, we don't see on here. All right, good stuff. Uh, by the way, as I mentioned, uh, I called six games of the weekend. I don't know if you got a chance to hear anything, but I had a game with five home run calls in the one game. I had a walk-off uh, in one of the games. Uh, so it was a it was a good weekend of calling some baseball games. Good to be back in the booth for BFA Sports. Um, and uh, looking forward to getting some more games under my belt here soon. And uh, what do you got going on? You got this uh, track and field thing going on, right? <laughs> yeah. I, we're, we're hosting here at Brevard College in the mountains of Western North Carolina a conference track and field championships. And for the first time, I'm going to be the primary public address announcer for the championships. And, you know, they've told me that the role is as such, you know, part of it is operational. Hey, 200 meters dash is starting in 15 minutes. Make sure you go to the warm-up area now, runners. And then there's also, actually, they want me to do some play-by-play on the PA as the races are unfolding and that kind of thing. I've tried to surround myself with the spotters, some of my top students and that kind of thing to make sure I get everything right. But it should be a lot of fun these next couple of days hosting a track and field championships. And, you know, we've got we've got other sports winding down here at the spring sports on the Division three level. But uh, it's been been a great season for us here at Brevard College. And yeah, uh, appreciate everybody continuing to tune into this podcast and, you know, learning a little bit about uh, you and I as well. Yeah, I'll give you a quick uh, call of the three-run homer. I'll give this kid a little bit of uh, love. C.J. Crawley, this was the Coaches versus Cancer Classic. It is a baseball tournament uh, that raises money for cancer research in uh, Linwood, New Jersey, hosted by Mainland High School. We produced 16 games over a three-day span, and this was the Friday night uh, nightcap under the lights. Take a listen. There goes the runner. That ball's oh. hit towards right field. Back on it is Cook, and it is gone. Crawley turns on one to give Highland a three-run homer. And a 5-1 lead. There you go. The coaches versus cancer. I wanted to give them a shout-out for a great tournament, and uh, it was a lot of fun over there. And they really, you know, raising all that money uh, for cancer research. By the way, every player of the game gets a Mike Trout autographed baseball. Uh, They do that yearly. Mike Trout is from our area, and uh, he signs a baseball for every player of the game. And everybody... Uh, Every player of the game after every game gets a Mike Trout autographed baseball, and one player from each team gets a $2,500 scholarship uh, from the Coaches vs. Cancer Fund, so it's a great event. Great, very cool, Mike, and and great cause, no no doubt about that as well, and appreciate all that you guys are doing up there for that. I do want to mention one one last baseball note. We were talking about this weekend's schedule. Uh, We weren't exactly sure about Fox's coverage, They've got games on Saturday, Braves at Mets and Cubs at Marlins. Um, Haven't seen all the information, but I do know Adam Amin and A.J. Pruszynski will be on the Cubs-Marlins game. I'm guessing the Davis-Smoltz crew would probably 
be the most likely guess for Braves Mets, but uh, just wanted to communicate that as well as, you know, I know fans of this podcast are, are junkies of the schedules as well. All right. That is episode 46. You got your schedules. You got some calls. You got some thoughts. You got the Emmys. And uh, we will be back next week with episode 47. Always check the feed. You never know if we have a standalone interview and we're working on some behind-the-scenes things to possibly have something else. Uh, but if not, we'll be back next week. Don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe. Last Word on Sports. George Offman, tell me a story I don't know. Last Word on Sports Media with TJ and the Announcer Schedules Podcast 3, all on the feed. So make sure you subscribe to the feed. When our show goes live, you'll get the ding at the top of your feed, and you'll know that the Announcer Schedules Podcast is ready to go for you. For Phil, I'm Mike. This has been Episode 46 of the Announcer Schedules Podcast. Have a great rest of your week and weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.